0: If you're trying to transform your life and to really get to more of an authentic self, your authentic soul, to de-layer and strip away all of the layers of conditioning and programming that are keeping you from being your highest and best self, you really, really want to look at the red and the black because this may hold a clue for you about where you are sabotaging yourself. Welcome back to another episode of To Be Authentic the only podcast that teaches you how to build a bridge to the life you want from the life you have using human design, the jinkies, and the work. I'm so happy you're here. Let's get started. Hi, this is Stacey Estrella, your host for To Be Authentic, and today's episode is about the red and the black in your chart. So I was listening to some recordings over the weekend, some of the earlier recordings of Raw. I think they were in the early 2000s where he was just wanting to go back over the basics. And it was such a powerful experience just to kind of sit in his voice because he has that manifester energy. And I'm a little envious, to be honest, at how effortlessly he speaks about very complex things. And so I was really, really enjoying just soaking in this knowledge and in the way that he talks about these different elements that are so very complex i've also been doing a lot of unblocking work around issues of self-worth that i have kind of known have been there in my life in my psyche in my physical tissue in my genetics and my energetics and for some reason, I was drawn to start listening to these recordings and came across the very first one, which had to do with the red and the black. And Ra will often say, it seems to me, it's the whole story, and which he said about the red and the black. But he also says it about strategy and authority, which, which is actually the real truth, that the red and the black really don't matter as long as you're following your strategy and authority. Everything falls in place. But because our minds are so greedy for understanding and greedy to stay in the position of power in directing our lives, our minds want to know all these details, right? So that's what's great about human design is (laughs) it's actually a blessing and a curse. So if you really are earnestly trying to unlock and live by your strategy and authority and recognize the power in that and how it simplifies your life, all of these other details and every layer that you unlock about your blueprint, your human design chart, it's incredibly empowering. It makes your mind your ally so that you go, oh, that's that piece there in my chart that's coming up right now. oh I see why I'm so uncomfortable in this moment right It also connects to you know other work that you might be doing to unblock your shadows to unblock issues of self-worth like that's what I'm working on right now and' it's, it's just incredibly empowering because you can look at your blueprint as a map and you can see it almost come to life in whatever kind of strange, dysfunctional, awkward, weird, uncomfortable situations you find yourself in that you realize you kind of attracted, that you weren't sure of yourself, you were doubting yourself, and ultimately you were not following your strategy and authority. So I wanted to do an exploration around the red and the black. And again, my approach to what I'm sharing with the world is more, here's how it shows up in my life as an example to encourage you to look at your chart, get to know it, and see where things are showing up in your life. But they're going to be very unique to you. Your results are going to be totally different because you're a completely different person. You're totally unique. You are a uh, sample size of one. (laughs) Okay as I am a sample size of one. And so all I know is how to navigate my chart and my hope is that it will inspire you to get curious about your own. So just a really, really quick lesson on the red and the black. So when you get your human design chart, and this is a reminder that you can get a free version of basically, well, we call it the basics. (laughs) And it gives you a number of elements and the keynotes for those elements in your chart we don't include the mandala because that's just a level that's kind of down the road and we don't want to add any information that's going to overcomplicate really what you need when you're getting started or when you're new to living your blueprint but the left-hand side which is the the column in red is the unconscious design which which you do not have access to okay but it is you and other people recognize it this is the red And it's the traditional color that's used to indicate the unconscious side of your design. The black is where you are conscious. It's the part of you, and it comes from the right side of your chart in terms of the planetary energetics that are lit up. So the red is also planetary energetics that are coming from the uh, moment in time, three months roughly before you were born. And the black is from the moment that you were born. And these energetics are imprinted based on where the planets were, and it has to do with the neutrinos. And th- this is why a lot of times when people see their human design chart, they see and feel the familiarity if they've ever had an astrological needle chart done, because the astrological charts are also using that time of birth to capture the planetary energetics that are really imprinting an energetic blueprint for you. So anyway, really quickly about the red and the black. The red, as I was saying a little bit earlier, it is your design. It is what's natural to you. It is how your soul shows up. And it is what others often recognize in you, but that you do not recognize in yourself. This is the cosmic joke part. You can't get in and tinker with it. You can't get in and manipulate it, but it is there operating, okay? The black is the personality side of you. So this is the part of you that you probably very much identify with and maybe even over-identify with. And this you can get in and you can manipulate. And because we feel such a kinship to the areas of our chart that are in black and we recognize them, we also have a tendency to overuse them or over-rely on them and over-identify with them. And this is where when you start to think about the programming and conditioning that's just part of the human experience where we're young and we soak up all of these messages around us where others might criticize or deny parts of us that we think are us or not. That's where we start to over-identify and rely on the things that we do feel comfortable about us. And then we lock away all of those criticisms, observations, areas that felt uncomfortable or that we've developed shame around. And we start to rely on the black in our chart, the black activations, to overcompensate for the things that we don't have control over. And so when you're looking at your chart and you see your various activations, you're going to see gates that are activated and then you're going to see what are called channels. And this is when two gates on either side of a channel are activated. They're considered harmonic. And when they come together and plug into each other, that's when you're activating a quantum life force energy. So the channels are what you have 24-7 access to. This is the energy that you bring into your relationships. It's the energy that you bring into your work. It's the energy that you bring into the world to do stuff with, okay? The gates, and we're not really going to talk about individual gates today, but the gates are there because they're going to be activated when someone with the other harmonic gate comes into your life, okay? This is what gets so exciting when you think about your relationship with your romantic partner or your mate or a relationship with your business partner, your your closest allies. There's a reason why you have this connection. And I can't wait to do the episode about me and Tara because our partnership was a place where we really saw the power of the electromagnetics when we each carry one side of an activation of a channel. So there are three dynamics to this channel. They could be completely red, which is completely unconscious to you, you can't get in and tinker with it. You can't change the wiring. It's always operating in you. There is when it's completely black, that's when you do have access to it. You do identify with it. It is in your personality and in your control, so to speak. And then there's when it's, it's half and half. It's a mixture. So one side of the activation is black. The other side is red. And it could be either side, right? You could flip-flop it. So a quick note on channels and how we describe them. So we're super excited because we are finding a new way of describing the channels. We will always bring in the traditional name of channels because we're purists and we really want to honor the origins of human design. But I know that I've been using this stuff for about two years. I've been in classes. I've studied. I have been so deep down in the rabbit hole. And I'm amazed that even after almost two years of doing this work, it's hard for me to remember the name of each of the channels. There are only 36, but for some reason, the language does not allow my mind to grab its essence and be able to work with it. I felt that I needed to come up with a set of archetypes, that were roles in a way that brought out the essence of that quantum energy that's described by the coming together of the two activated gates and their centers and the circuits and all of these different elements, the streams, all of these different elements that are activated when these two gates come together in a channel. And so I'm going to be introducing some of our archetype names. And I, I just want to explain this because if you start to look up these channels by the way we label them, you won't find anything <laughs> until we have that available on our website. But we're in the process of completing these and we'll be introducing them on Instagram over the coming weeks. So we're super, super, super excited about this. I also include the traditional name and the channel numbers so that you can go and follow up and do your own research if you want. The reason why I feel really passionately about the black and the red and really understanding the way that these energies play out in your design is because if you're trying to transform your life and to really get to more of an authentic self, your authentic soul, to de-layer and strip away all of the layers of conditioning and programming that are keeping you from being your highest and best self, you really, really want to look at the red and the black because this may hold a clue for you about where you are sabotaging yourself. And I only share this because I found it in my own chart. Not again, that you're going to have it in your chart, but I found it in my own. And that's why I like to share what I'm discovering as I continue to work with my own design in just everyday experiences. So there are a lot of ways to see where you are sabotaging yourself. You can start with your open or undefined centers because those are where you're most open to conditioning. You can start with your splits because that's also an energetic where you're just really, really hungry to bridge that and to get to the other side and feeling incomplete in a way. And and then there's also the red and the black. And the way that I would do it is when you get your chart and you can get your free chart on our website, you can just print that out and download it. You can start with basically the red and the black life force energies. And when I say life force energies, I'm referring specifically to where you have two harmonic gates in a complete channel. And that's what I'm talking about. Where do you have all black, right? How does this show up in your life? Where do you over identify with it? So these become really wonderful journaling prompts so that you can start to get to know your energetic blueprint. And I would just start with what is in the black in terms of your energetics and see all the ways that you depend on it. First, do a little research on what the energetic is actually about and then you can start to think about, okay, well, where does this quality show up and how do I use it? And also you might think about where do I overuse it, right? So you could start to imagine that as a possibility because that's an area you're going to want to investigate further because overuse is where we're really trying to make up for some area of our life that we're feeling insecure about there and where there might be you know, self-worth issues. At least that's what I'm discovering as I continue to go deeper with my design. You also want to ask yourself, do the same thing with where do you have all of the red? Okay, where are the unconscious energies? How is this energetic showing up in your life? Where do you deny it? Okay, so where might you actually be rejecting it or where does it make you uncomfortable? Let me give you an example. In my reading, you know, a year and several months ago, I have the channel of transformation. It connects the spleen to the root and we call it the entrepreneur because it has this tribal frequency that's kind of pushing the boundaries a little bit and it has to do with rising up, rising above your birth position and rising up on a material plane. And it's pushing sort of the tradition of hierarchical inherited roles in our society. And one side of it is black, which is the root. So I've got all this fuel and this desire and this ambition and this drive. But then on the other side, which is gate 32 in the spleen, that's the gate which holds the fear of failure. That's red, okay? This is something I just recently became super, super aware of in my own life as I went back and I looked over all of my entrepreneurial experiences because I've pretty much been working for myself most of my life. And on only two occasions did I actually say, okay, I'm gonna go take this moment and go work for someone else because there's something that I can learn. And it was really about, it was opportunistic in in that way, in order to set me up for the next way that I might go out on my own. So one of the things that I learned in the reading about this channel, it really offended me. <laughs> I was told in my reading, well you know, this whole tribal channel has a quid pro quo aspect to it. And what happens is it, as part of the tribe, it is all about support. We are here to give and to get. And if we give without getting, we're going to be really pissed off, right? And this has happened to me so many times in my life where I have over-delivered and under-received, been under-appreciated, under-recognized, under-valued. And it really triggered me. And again, wherever we're triggered, especially when you're getting a reading and there's something that offends you, it's like, hold on, you know, hold that. Don't run away from it because it is the most valuable clue that you're going to get to where you have been shortchanging yourself. Okay. In my case, it was self worth. And this is part of why I'm doing a lot of work right now around self worthiness and deservingness. And I'm just, taking my human design knowledge that much deeper and so glad that I have that as a map so that when I do this work of unworthiness and undeservingness, that I can pinpoint exactly where those things are happening and where I have memories in my subconscious that are stuck, that need to be reprogrammed. So anyway, I heard this quality told to me and I remember saying, well, I really don't like that quality. (laughs) And the reader said, well, it's kind of not up to you, right? It's there whether you like it or not. Like I didn't want to think of myself as somebody who had an expectation. You know, I wanted to think of myself as being more generous than that. And yes, there is pure generosity in moments, but in this particular channel, it really has to do with work right? It has to do with the value that I create and the value that I receive in exchange for that creation. It is a transaction. There's no way around it. And the side that's red has to do with the other side of that support relationship that I have to depend on to pull through my creations. And when I really looked at this channel, I realized with the fuel you know, being in the black and all of these ideas and the ambition and the drive and and this push to create something. So often I've been out of touch with what I need from the other to pull this creation through. And so I wind up in a state of either flinching because I don't trust that red. I don't trust it. And that's what happens when you have red on one side of your channel is you, you don't recognize it. And you don't trust it and you might even be a little afraid of it or apprehensive about it and yet others see it as part of you. And so can you see the mixed messages that start to get produced and the confusion that starts to get produced? This is why following your strategy and authority is so important because if I'm consistently following my strategy and authority and I'm a sacral authority, if I'm only responding to those ambitions with a sacral response. And I don't allow my mind to come in and say, hey, this looks like a really smart idea because I have this channel of logic that's always, it's the strategist, right? It's going to try to convince me what the smart well-timed opportunistic idea is and that, hey, this is going to be really successful. If I am not in my sacral and I listen and over-rely too much on my strategist, you know, in my mind, it's going to put me into situations where I am not being recognized adequately for my worth. And only then am I going to be in those situations. This is the power of strategy and authority. Only then is the one on the other side of that ambition and fuel that gets something started. Is that not going to be an issue for me? The mind is a powerful ally. And it is not my intention for you to take your chart and just start using your mind entirely to run your life. That is not the intention here. It's about you really using the mind to help you deconstruct situations that have created frustration, confusion, doubt, anger, bitterness, disappointment, whenever you've been in a situation where, you know, you've been part of getting yourself there and you don't know how to get yourself out or you don't know why something didn't turn out the way you thought it would or the way you intended, it's because there are dynamics in your chart that will help you deconstruct what was going on when you were not listening to your strategy and authority. That's what I'm trying to say, is that as you start to really discover and live by your strategy and authority, you can use your human design map to understand and deconstruct what was going on when you weren't. And this is why you start to become so focused and passionate about really living your life and making your decisions using your strategy and authority, because you start to realize how effortless it becomes. One caveat to using your chart to deconstruct, you know, when situations haven't turned out and to look for the red and the black and to see what's going on. This is more powerful and available the older you are. So if you're still in your twenties or thirties, you haven't had enough life experience to see the patterns yet. But those of us who are in our, I really do believe, you know, maybe your later 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, and beyond, you can go back and start to look at, oh, all of these different patterns that had certain things in common, and you can start to see, oh, this is when that thing was going on. So I just wanted to point that out, that the patterns are easier to spot the more life you have, where you you can, you know, see them playing out. But also not to discourage people in their 20s and 30s, if you are coming into human design in your 20s and 30s, bravo, because you are going to have the tools of your strategy and authority to prevent you (laughs) from making a lot of these mistakes. And I say mistakes lovingly and in quotes, but um, you're not going to wind up in these not-self situations because you're consistently listening to your strategy and authority in order to make the decisions that are going to support you in your life throughout. So I thought it would be fun to bring this to life with my own chart, just again, so you could see a real world example broken down in a really simple way of why the red and black are so powerful and how they can, how the red in particular, (laughs) right, can confuse us because we don't have access to it yet. It's the quality that people see in us, right? How's that for confusing? And because we don't have access to it in the same way that we have access to the black in our chart, the personality side of our chart, we don't trust it, okay? And we even might reject it and kind of just look at the other with confusion of, you know, why the hell are you saying this? Or why the hell are you looking at me you know, with this expectation of showing up in this way, because it's not me. And I have an example that I want to share with you um, that I think will help bring it to life and how it can, it can take a lifetime to see these things. Okay. So I have six channels. So six life force channels. And again, I want to remind you that we use our own nomenclature and uh, that we love because we feel like it really captures the quantum essence of the two gates and all of the different layers that are activated in the human design system when those come together in a harmonic way. And so I have four conscious or uh, channels that are in the black. And you know in our world, we call it the strategist. This is channel uh, 634, which is the channel of logic in traditional terms. The energizer which is uh, channel 3420, the traditional name is Charisma. The Stoic, which is uh, channel 1020, and it is called uh, the channel of awakening in traditional human design. And then the Explorer, which is 3410, which is the channel of exploration. I have one unconscious channel, and it's a duplicate of uh, the Energizer, channel 3420, the channel of Charisma. And it's this unconscious and conscious channel that I want to share with you an experience from my own life where I really got to see how each of those reflects itself in my interactions with others. And uh, and then I have two channels that are half and half. And I spoke about one of them earlier, which is in our nomenclature, The Entrepreneur. It's channel 3254, Connecting the Spleen and the Root. And in traditional human design terms, it's called the channel of transformation. And then I also have the gardener, which is the way that we describe the channel of maturation, which connects the sacral to the root, channel 5342. So, what I identify with, okay, just to break it down, I do identify with the strategist, right? How smart I am, how my mind works, you know, the logic and the patterns, my ability really my ability to figure out all this human design stuff, right? To go down the rabbit hole and to start to see the patterns and to make it make sense, right? And not just make it make sense for me, but find ways to simplify it and make it make sense for others, right? This is how I operate. And that is what I identify with, the strategist. I also identify with the energizer, my 3420. This is my energy and capacity to get shit Done. Okay. When I'm inspired, right? I love and know and I've always been told you're such a hard worker. And what I realize that's a reflection of is really it's when I have an idea and there's something that is in my mind that I want to try out, whether it's you know learning the harmonium or learning ukulele or figuring out human design, whatever it is, I go deep, I go fast, and I figure it out really 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 fast and and i identify with that i realize oh that is you know a quality that i have this energizer i also identify with the stoic and the stoic is i even though i present again the channel of the energizer or ch- the channel of charisma in traditional terms i present as an extrovert right i'm very dynamic i'm very alive. I'm very animated when I show up and I am in the world, okay? But what happens on the other side of that is that I must withdraw from the world. In order to be that, I then go into a very introverted place. And a lot of it is the self-reflection. It's a lot of inner work I've done all my life, journaling, contemplation. Again, this work that I'm doing, well, human design, but also this self-worthiness work that I'm doing uh, through another tool, an amazing program called To Be Magnetic. If you're not familiar with it, I will put uh, a link in the show notes for you. Really, 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 really powerful stuff. Okay. So that's my stoic. I also identify with the explorer. This is the free spirit in me. Okay. So you know, exploring isn't about exploring and connecting with others. So there's another channel, the channel 3536, and there are people in my life who have that. And we've called that one the thrill seeker, because that's really somebody who's out in the world and needs to experience every experience and every feeling. And it's part of them connecting with the world. The explorer is different. It's very personal. It's an exploration and it's new experience that are about learning about the self, right? It's really connected back to this centering aspect, this understanding the self, right? It's a very individual sort of energy. It's not about connecting and being out in the world (laughs) with others. Um, So anyway, so those are my black channels. That's my life force energy. I identify all of that. I can see my entire life through the lens of that, okay? Now, if we think about um where I have the w- wobbly and skittish nature, I already talked about the um, the entrepreneur and this is again that channel of transformation, which is all about the rising up and it has the fear of failure on the other side and it's tribal and it's pushing boundaries of the tribe and but all all for the good of the whole and the good of the tribe in the future, but still I feel skittish because I have, Unconscious energy on the other side, which is the on, on the splenic side, and so I have the fuel and ambition to kickstart things, right? And you know, an, a new a new opportunity, but there's this fear of failure that exists, but also this not knowing or not trusting the other side of the bargain, right? That that there's someone there that is going to be there to support me. And, uh, and then I also have this gardener. I'm skittish and wobbly in this area as well. And the gardener, the reason we call it that, is this is the channel of maturation. And it's really all about the cyclical nature of beginnings, middles, and endings. So I hate endings. Well, guess where the red is? The red is on the side of endings. I have very, very, very mixed feelings about endings. And rather than seeing them as opportunities for new beginnings, they feel like loss and pain for me. And, you know, and again, this is all connected to other, you know, conditioning. And, you know, I have, again, the open uh, ego and the undefined solar plexus. So there are all these dynamics operating, but I'm just trying to explain and share with you how, you know, it's so great to start with what you do have and what's, what's, in your chart that you can work with in the sense of knowing there's a 24/7 energy or life force there that's operating and even though i can't manipulate the side of that that channel of the gardener that's about closure what i can do is i can start to become alert about when it comes up in my life where i can see it and i can see that it's oh this is a pattern similar to xy and z right where i you know, just dragged something out because I didn't want it to end. And it kept me from beginning something new. Or it became, I mean, I've got so much abandoned project detritus, (laughs) right, in my life that's really blocking new manifestations from coming in. And I'm becoming more and more aware of that. And so to realize where it's showing up in my chart and where it's in part of my design and to love on myself and give myself The benefit of gentleness and self-care and a little tender nudging, right? Like, let me just nudge myself into the right action going forward, um, knowing that I have this quality in me. So I want to show you what happens with my channel of charisma or the energizer, as we call it. And how it has shown up in my life in two separate experiences where I really understood, oh, here's what's going on. Here's what others see in my channel of charisma. Here's what I see in my channel of charisma. And recognizing that there is a disconnect and needing to be okay with that. So I'm going to go back to in high school. So I was raised by a single mom and in a working class household and going to college was never something that was imprinted on me. Nobody in my family had ever done that before. And so it was never part of our conversations. It was never part of the discussion about what after high school will I do. When I was a sophomore in high school, there was this program called the Hugh O'Brien Youth Leadership Seminar, and it was for sophomores throughout the state. And I think they did this in every state. Maybe they did it in a couple of different locations per state. I can't exactly remember, but I remember this thing coming around asking people to apply. And I thought, oh, this sounds really interesting. I think I'm going to apply to this. It totally connects with, as I already shared with you, the personality identity that I had around awakening and exploration. It's like, this is another way that I'm going to get to see into the person that I am, right? And learn about me and what drives me, what moves me. And so I apply to this, I get in, I go down uh, to Palo Alto, it's hosted in Palo Alto, and I am completely lit up when I'm down there, okay? And this is, again, a sacral sign, okay? Even applying to the Hugh O'Brien Youth Leadership Seminar was a sacral pull. It was a response to that invitation to apply And here I am now in Palo Alto, and I am just having the most amazing time, the weather is beautiful, the people are smart, they're engaging, they're engaged in conversations I am not having anywhere in my life, and I'm just really turned on by the energy and the dynamics and the quality of the people there. And I'm thinking, wow, this is really exciting. I want to be part of this, right? So I have that whole experience and when it comes time to applying to college, I'm thinking to myself, well, I'm going to apply to Stanford. And you know, in that teenager's logic, it was, and really, I think it was my sacral logic and it was a sacral pull to apply to Stanford is look, you know, the Hugh O'Brien youth leadership seminar was in Palo Alto. Palo Alto felt really good. Stanford is in Palo Alto, ergo, I'm going to feel good going to Stanford, right? So it really wasn't much more math than that. So at the time, Stanford, and I don't know if they still do it this way, but they had these wonderful essay questions. And uh, I always felt like their questions were designed to really unearth the soul of who you are and really find that genuine kernel of truth, right? Right of the person that you are not just the academic record or the socioeconomic profile, but really to understand who you are and what it is that you will uniquely bring to the mix. And at the time, the question was, what one word would you use to describe yourself? And I don't even know if I had thought of any at first. But I thought, I think I'm going to ask a few people around me what they would use to describe me. And so I first went to my physics teacher, uh, Mr. Pierce, and I asked him, you know, what one word would you use to describe me? And his response was almost instantaneously, vivacious, <laughs> I was so offended. I mean, I was really offended by this word, okay? Then I went to my biology teacher and asked him, if you had to describe me with one word, what would it be? Vivacious. I thought, okay, this is uncanny and really annoying, (laughs) right? I'm so offended. Because again, I already told you, I'm thinking of myself as super smart, capable, uh, productive, like all of these things that I value in me, okay? Okay. I value those things in me. I see those things in me. And so I go ahead and use that word, vivacious, and I use that on this application. And there's a part of me that feels, you know, a little bit concerned that, you know, really a college application, Stanford, vivacious. Um, anyway, you can imagine my mind's getting in there trying to sew doubt. But my sacral, I really do believe, kept me in line and kept me on point to say, hey, these people see something in me that I'm not paying attention to. So I'm going to go ahead and go with that. And I write an essay about that word and what I think they are referring to in me. Fast forward 30 years. I'm working for a small consultancy and doing really, really amazing work purpose, values, vision, strategy work with this really amazing, innovative, hot uh, pharmaceutical company. Technically, there was an account leader who, the company that I worked at, there wasn't a strong hierarchy, but there were still sort of figurehead leaders, let's just call them that, who were account managers in a sense without calling them that. But I was the one who was leading the team. I was guiding the work. I was, it was my brains that were driving that, okay? And it was work I was really, really, really proud of. It was transformative for my direct client and it was transformative for the company itself and especially the leadership team where they were seeing things that they hadn't seen before. And it was through my leadership and my guidance for this strategy work and this design work that these Aha's were coming through, that these intimate, dynamic conversations were happening. And so we were having a meeting with the, I think it was the global leadership team. So there might have been like 42 leaders from all around the world that were showing up, and it was in Geneva, Switzerland. And this is a really, really big moment. It's almost the culmination, I would say, of our work, because we'd been working with smaller teams to arrive at this place where it was really going to be rolled out globally and through the leaders first. And so the big name leader was kicking off the work and introducing our team. And they started off introducing the new account manager who had just been appointed two weeks prior to the trip. It literally had just come on board. Okay, And the client basically gave him all the credit for the work. Started out, oh, this work you're going to see, it's so smart, it's so powerful, it's amazing what he's been able to get from his team, the leadership, basically going on and on and on and on and on about the contribution that this person did not make, but that I made, okay? Then they get to me, the client, and the client says, oh, and Stacy." With Stacy, Stacy makes you feel so good. Whenever you have an idea, Stacy is the one to say, Oh, what a great idea. <laughs> Basically, he was giving me credit for being a cheerleader, right? He was giving me credit for being this vivacious person because when ever, he was in a room with me because he had been in rooms with me and we'd done all of these other work sessions to lead up to this larger rollout. This is what he was noting in me is that I have this quality, this energetic quality of making people feel seen and included and appreciated, right? That's what stood out for him. This was so hurtful to me I felt so really um, just distraught and rejected, okay, in this moment, so much so that I wound up sort of faking that I was sick and missing the really amazing appreciation dinner that they had orchestrated for our team, and it was a a once-in-a-lifetime thing, and it is one of the few regrets that I have in my life. It's one of the few regrets that I have in my life where... I was so trapped in feeling sorry for myself and in my smallness of that moment of not being seen or appreciated or valued by the other that I skipped this event. And the reason why I wanna share this is because this is how we sabotage ourselves. If I had known my human design at that moment, I would have recognized that, oh, What others see in me in that same channel, the 3420, is totally different than what I see in me in that channel. In that channel, I see somebody that gets stuff done, right? That's animated and dynamic and can motivate others. That's what I see. What others see is, God, don't you just love to be around her energy? And that's it. And so with awareness now, I now, when I'm in situations like that, and I still am in situations like that, where people will misattribute the way that they value me, okay? So this is the power of knowing the red and the black. Now, I want to point out the reason why I was so disappointed with the responses from my teachers in that application is because I wanted answers that recognized how smart I was, right? I wanted a logical answer. I went to logical people or who I thought were logical people. Of course, they are logical people because they're in the sciences, but I wanted a logical answer, right? Because that's how I saw myself. Again, I have the channel of logic. And later on, 30 years later, I wanted a logical answer to what I should be recognized for. I'm a brilliant strategist, right? I am really 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 good, and I wanted that acknowledged. And it wasn't. Instead, it was vivacious, but saying it in a different way. Stacy makes you feel good. This is the person you want when you're sharing an idea, right? Her only response is, what a great idea. And this is a beautiful thing, but I reject it. Do you see? This is what we do with the red and the black. And so you really, really, really want to know what is it that you're working with, right? And then the only other thing that I'll add is when you know that red and black, when you know you're being thrown into shadow or something is just not feeling correct. Like how I felt after that event, you know, in Geneva, what you start to also see is how that experience by not being fully seen the way you want to be seen, the way you identify yourself, you start to compound that wound with the other layers of conditioning. Or the other areas of your chart where you're vulnerable. So in my chart, again, it's that open ego that feels like it has to prove itself, right? And the way that it has learned to prove itself is, I'm smart. Here, I can do that. I can figure that out, right? So this was a gut punch to my self-worth, my worthiness, my deservingness, right? And I just spiraled down spiraled into a really, really deep, dark shadow and stayed there for the whole of the night and then felt sorry for myself for the rest of the event, which was basically over the next day. But I was just not at my best and not really connecting with others the way that I could have. And it was a wasted opportunity because I was feeling sorry for myself. So again, this is all part of the work of To Be Authentic is to go back and reclaim these behaviors, right? Understand what's really going on in your dynamic so that you can learn from it and be accountable for it, right? To go back and go, oh, I see what was going on there. I see where I had expectations, which is one of my shadow frequencies, that someone would see me the way I wanted to be seen. Okay? Let that go, right? People are going to see me the way they're going to see me And part of that, yes, is the energy that I emit, that I project into the world, but also it's going to be where they are in their own design, right? Where they are in their own growth, where they are in their own life, right? Whatever's happening in their own energetics. So key takeaways for today, this is an episode about the red and the black, the unconscious and the conscious. They're a very, very big part of your story. Now, if you're just following your strategy and authority and you're doing that, day in, day out, then really you don't have to worry about anything else because the red and the black are going to sort of self-correct, if you will, or they'll present themselves in alignment with you, right? You're only going to say yes to opportunities or experiences or relationships that are correct for you, okay? Whether it's unconscious or conscious energies that are being activated, right, or that are pulling you or that you're expressing you will only express them in a healthy way if you're following your uh, strategy and authority. So if you are not consistently following your strategy and authority, and if you've been living long enough to recognize that you might be in your own way, the red and the black are a treasure, okay? There's buried treasure under there if you start to get to know them. And again, I'm really just talking about When they're showing up as a defined life force, right? The gates are a whole other thing. This is really, we're talking about life force energies because those you have operating in you 24 seven and you'll see them operating in you as you start to look over your life, okay? The patterns of your life. Your human design map helps you see what's hidden and it also helps you see what others see and value in you, right? And you also might see where there might be a disconnect. Like I have where I have the complete channel of charisma, 3420 in red and in black. Okay. I have it both ways, right? So for me to realize that even though I have this channel, the energizer, how I experience it and how I identify with it is going to be totally different than how you experience it and how you identify it, right? And that's just the way it is. (laughs) And just to be aware of that. So if you are feeling like you're stuck or in your own way or disconnected or disoriented, you can get your free chart on our site. Just go to tobeauthentic.co and go under charts and you put your birth data there. We do not store your birth data. We only store the chart. And I would love it if you would include your email address so that you're opting into our very, very, very periodic newsletters. You can also book a reading with me and I can give you, I can get you there a lot faster, but I totally appreciate if you want to go down the rabbit hole on your own and start doing research and figuring out what the names of the channels are, the traditional names, how other people describe them. If you're inspired and it feels like you want to actually get ahead of this really fast, that's the time to book a reading with me and we call it your blueprint for life. It's kind of three readings in one. It's going to give you the stuff that you really need that can move the needle in your life, that can help you get out of your way super, super fast. And I'm going to make sure you understand what each of these components are. And on the website, if you go to readings, there's a drop-down menu. The only one that is live right now is your blueprint for life. So you can read through that, the description of that. And with that, I just want to wish you a really, really amazing day. I'm so glad I get to be here with you. I hope this provided some value and insight for you. If it did provide value for you, I'd so appreciate it if you will subscribe to this podcast and rate and review it if you're inspired. And I will see you next week. Have a great day. Thank you for joining me on this episode of To Be Authentic where we explore the practical side of human design, the gene keys and the work in an integrated approach we call the quantum way. If you're new to human design and the gene keys, click the links in our show notes to get your free chart and profile. While you're there, subscribe to our mailing list to receive special offers and invitations and follow us on Instagram, LinkedIn and your podcast provider of choice to never miss an episode. Thank you so much for listening. You make this podcast matter.